This morning, God's word comes to us from the Gospel of John, chapter 1. John 1. We're going to be reading the first 18 verses of this chapter, and this morning focusing on just verses 1 through 5. John 1, beginning at verse 1. What we hear now is God's Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness we have received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ." No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side has made him known. And here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, I'm sure that you can tell by the songs we have sung this morning, uh, by the Advent wreath next to me, we have entered into the liturgical season of the year uh, called Advent. Uh, Advent are those four Sundays leading up to the celebration of Jesus Christ coming into the world at Christmas time. Advent reminds us that Jesus Christ came as planned. God had planned from long ago, promised already in the Old Testament, that he would send a Redeemer to save his people. It speaks of the faithfulness of God to his promises to send his Son, Jesus Christ. This year for our Advent series, we're going to look at the first chapter of the Gospel of John to help to focus our attention, to prepare for celebrating Jesus' coming. The Gospel of John is a little different than the other three Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke all have the same character tell the same basic story of who Jesus was. John 
is a little different than them. Uh, there are various uh, suggestions as to why uh, John was written and why it is different than the other three Gospels. Uh, some suggest that the other Gospels were not well received. So John wrote his Gospel to be more widely accepted by people. Uh, there are some who suggest John wrote his Gospel uh, to correct things that were said in the other three Gospels or to augment things that were said there. Some suggest that John and the writing of his gospel, being more theological in nature, was written to uh, counteract certain heresies going on at the time. Heresies like Gnosticism and Docetism. Heresies that tend to lessen the importance and the power of Jesus Christ. And against those, John will defend who Christ is and what he did. I suggest if we want to know why John wrote his gospel, we simply ask John himself, because he tells us. Near the end of the gospel of John, in chapter 20, verse 30, we read this. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Why did John write his gospel? So that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ, and that by believing in him, we might have life. We're going to use John to focus on the coming of Christ into the world under the theme this year, Jesus Christ, the light of the world. And this morning, looking at Jesus Christ, the light of men. When Luke begins his gospel and tells us about the birth narrative of Jesus, uh, Luke begins his gospel by talking about two other New Testament figures, uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth, and the birth of their son, John the Baptist. When Matthew begins his gospel, he doesn't simply start with New Testament figures. Matthew takes us back to the Old Testament. And he begins his, uh, his gospel, Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So it takes us back into the Old Testament. When John begins his gospel, he takes us back into eternity. Talking about Jesus Christ who has always been. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus Christ has always existed from all eternity. Interesting word choice that John uses here when he says, in the beginning was the Word. The word that he uses there is the word logos. Perhaps you've heard that word before, logos. Logos was a term that the uh, intellectuals 
that the philosophers of the day misunderstood. Logos, uh, they would recognize as as someone who was uh, a lesser type of God. Logos was referring to someone who would be the creative power of God or an emanation of God, but Logos would not refer to God himself. Again, an attempt to to make Jesus lesser, not the same as God. He was simply an emanation or or a manifestation of God's power. John uses this word on purpose because he's going to fill that word with the proper Christian content. When he says, in the beginning was the word, the logos. Word, kids, think about word. What do words do? Words help us to to tell a story. Words reveal things about us or about others. And John says, in the beginning was the Word, a revelation. Jesus comes as the Word of God to reveal the glory of God. That's how this first section ends in verse 18 when John says, no one has ever seen God. The only God, referring to the Word, the only God who's at the Father's side has made Him known. Jesus comes as the Word to reveal. To reveal the glory of God the Father. To reveal the glorious plan of salvation. How God would, in His goodness, save His people by His power and for His glory. Word reveals. And Word also directs. Word instructs. And that's exactly what Jesus came to do. He came to direct us and to instruct us in how to live. If we look at Jesus' great sermon, the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 through 7, basically what Jesus is doing is giving a sermon about the law. He's giving us instruction in how to live. So it's proper that John should use this word, in the beginning was the word, that which reveals, that which directs. And he says, in the beginning was the word, And the Word was with God. Now, even the philosophers would grant that. Oh, sure, this logos, this emanation, was with God. They would grant that truth, but John goes beyond that. Not only was the Word with God, the Word was God. And that was a step too far for the intellectuals of the day. But John leaves us with no question at all about the absolute power and divinity of Jesus Christ. He was in the beginning, he was with God, and John makes it abundantly clear he was God. The identity of Jesus Christ with the Father. Full of power, full of glory. 
Jesus Christ from all eternity being that true second person of the Trinity. The power of God and the glory of God. In the beginning, John says, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He says in verse 3, All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that has been made. Now John takes us up to creation. All things made through him. The work of Jesus Christ in creation. And I hope that that may sound a little bit strange to you. Jesus Christ in creation? Because usually when we think about the work of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, we know that they all work in concert with each other, but each has a particular focus or task that they do. And the work of creation is ascribed to God the Father. When we speak of the Creator God, we are referencing God the Father. But here John says, all things were made through Him through Jesus, the second person of the Trinity. And in this, in this, John beautifully clarifies the relationship between the Father and the Son. Make a note in your bulletin and in your margin later today to look up 1 Corinthians chapter 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 we read there in verse 5, For although there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom all things are and for whom we exist, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. The Father creates through the work of the Son. Another text to look up later today from Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, speaking of Jesus, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Him. Jesus Christ, the instrument of creation. Yes, God the Father creates, but He does it through the agency of the Son to highlight the power of Jesus Christ. God the Father, this great and glorious God, this creator God, uses this powerful agency of Jesus Christ to make all that we see around us. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that has been made. Jesus the Word. Through the Word, all things are created. And that makes perfect sense, doesn't it, kids? It makes perfect sense when you think about Genesis chapter 1. How did God create? What does it say? And God said. And God said. God spoke the word. 
and things came into being. That was not simply God declaring with his mouth. That was the instrumentality, the agency of Jesus Christ, powerful, co-equal with God the Father, creating all that there is. We think of the words of the psalmist in Psalm 33 when we read there, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made, by the breath of his mouth all their hosts. For he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. By the word of the Lord all things were made. Who is that word, kids? It is Jesus Christ. That's who John is describing here. Jesus Christ, not a lesser God, not an emanation of God, but Jesus Christ, powerful, co-equal with God. He is the one who's being described and his work in creation. And John goes on to say in verse 4, in him was life, again, creative language, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The connection between word and light. And again, when you think about it, both have a similar function. We said that word reveals and directs. And light does the same thing. Light reveals what is, what is, what is around us. Light directs us down a path. Psalm 119, thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my fat path. Perfectly uh, makes sense that John would use this kind of language. In him was life and the life was the light of men. And John drawing a beautiful parallel here between uh, Jesus in creation when God says, let there be light. And now Jesus, that life is the light of men. Not a physical reality, but a spiritual reality. The one who enlightens them. The one who allows them to see the glory of God, who He is and what He does. The one who by His Spirit recreates dark, cold hearts and brings life and light. Evidence of His power. John is highlighting who Jesus Christ is. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. All things made through Him. In Him was life and the life was the light of men. And then John finishes this section by saying, the light shines in the darkness. The light shines in the darkness. What is he referring to here, kids? The darkness is the darkness of the world around us. People who are spiritually dark, who have no interest in the things of God. That darkness manifests itself as being spiritually dead. No light, no life. Jesus came in the darkness. The light shines in the darkness. Again, reflecting those words we heard earlier from 1 John chapter 1. God is light. In Him is no darkness at all. Jesus came as that light of the world to shine into the darkness. And we read, and the darkness has not overcome it. 
The darkness has not overcome the light. Today, the world still tries to hide the light of Jesus Christ. Today, the world still tries to suppress the truth about him. Romans talks about that, Romans chapter 1. They suppress the truth by their wickedness. Their foolish hearts are darkened. Darkened spiritually. But Jesus Christ comes, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That light shining, that light breaking through into a dark world. And we see that light shining once again today. Especially especially at Christmas time. All the trappings around us, and it, 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 it cries out to say something different's going on. We're celebrating the coming of the light of the world. Who Jesus Christ is and what he has done. Uh, I was on a, a discussion board on the internet some time ago, and the discussion was surrounding uh, Christians celebrating Christmas. And it's true, uh, Christmas does have some questionable roots. Uh, and so the question was, should Christians really celebrate Christmas? Uh, there's a wonderful article that's written by a man you may know, uh, Dr. C.W. Bud Powell, who talks about that issue in, a, in an article in called, called I Love Christmas. Dr. Powell says this, yes, it is commercialized. Yes, the Mass in Christmas refers to the Catholic Mass. Yes, there are songs about Santa Claus, Rudolph, and some kid's two front teeth. Yes, the pagans worshipped the fir tree, and the Druids had a thing about mistletoe and Yule logs. He says, this is the one, of the, one of the reasons I love Christmas. These are the remnants of paganism, remnants that have no idolatrous meaning for us today, for Jesus Christ has triumphed over all these things. The darkness is there, but Jesus Christ brings clarity and brings light. Dr. Powell goes on to say, I suspect that Satan does more harm getting Christians to condemn other Christians for Christmas trees than the tree itself does. Strife, discord, self-righteousness, hypocrisy, pride, these are the devil's best works, and they affect those who decorate the tree as well as those who do not. He concludes, Luther had the right idea. He thought that the devil should be mocked because Jesus Christ has thoroughly defeated him. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Even today as well, there is this darkness, this trying to suppress the truth of the gospel, but the truth cannot be stopped. Notice... Uh, how in the beginning, uh, the verse, uh, first four verses all speak in the past tense. This is what it was, it was, it was. In verse 5, the light shines. Present tense. 
The light continues to shine today in a dark world, into the darkness of stone-cold hearts, through the power of Jesus Christ and the declaration of the gospel. And so once again today, we declare that glorious gospel, Jesus Christ, who is powerful, eternal, co-equal with God, not a lesser God, not an emanation from God, not simply a power of God, but Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, who came to do everything necessary to secure the salvation of his people, to bring light and life to their lives. Embrace him. Know him, who he is, what he has done. This word, who is God, and enter into the light. Stop living in the darkness, the darkness of the world, the darkness of sin, and enter into that light which shines into the darkness. Christmas is a wonderful time of year. We look forward to celebrating the coming of Jesus Christ, the light of the world. But Christmas is also a time of year which, which cries out for evangelism. It is a time of year tailor-made to share the truth of the gospel. Even the world in their darkness recognizes something. Something's different, something's changed, there's something going on here, there's decorations, there's singing, All there's something happening. And Christmas is a time that cries out for us to share that light with others who may still be walking in darkness. Perhaps this will be the year that we share the truth of the light with our coworker, with our classmate, with our family member still living in darkness and pray that this year the light of Jesus Christ might shine into their dark hearts as it shone in ours to bring us into the light and to give us true life. Jesus Christ, the light of the world, co-eternal, co-equal with God, powerful enough to be used to create all that we see around us and the one who continues, even today, to bring light into darkness. May we rejoice at the coming of the light. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we do praise you for the perfection of your plan of salvation, a plan which you so perfectly promised in the Old Testament, a plan which you beautifully fulfilled in the coming of your Son, Jesus Christ. Oh, we rejoice in him, for he is the light of the world. Help us, O oh God, to give you the praise which you so deserve. And we pray that you would this year use us to share this glorious light with those around us who still dwell in the darkness. And to you, O oh God, belong all the glory, the honor, and the praise. Hear our prayer for Jesus' sake. Amen.